I think if anybody listening to this who who are in like the product space or who are yes. in the investment space, actually the Philippines is becoming a very very interesting market to be in, like in Southeast Asia, because we have a hundred million plus population and yes. we have like seventy million plus Facebook users. We have pre-pandemic more than twenty million online shoppers. And there are like only two major e-commerce uh, platforms, like similar to Amazon. So it's like when you roll out like a product, an app here, it it could really achieve scale, and you could really oh, experiment here. And plus, we're like an English like speaking country, and we're very kind. So even if your app sucks, uh, we're like quite tolerant. <laughs> yeah. So our our market is very interesting. So it it could be like a jump, like a. Uh, trampoline if that's what you call it where you actually test it in our market and then if it's successful here you can start rolling out hello dreamers and action takers welcome to another episode of want money got money i'm your host sam kamani today i'm interviewing george padden a true serial entrepreneur from philippines he shares his journey of starting from humble beginnings to building to really successful businesses that operate in Southeast Asia. He is no stranger to tech startups. His agencies support tech startups all over Southeast Asia. And today he shares with us the realities of starting and operating a business in an emerging market. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to the show, George. For some of our audience who don't know a lot about you, can you tell us a bit about what you are up to these days and, and just a bit about your background? That'd be great. Hi, Sam. So thank you for inviting me to, to this podcast of yours. I've heard the trailer. It's actually very interesting. Your trailers are a great hook. It's I want to listen to the entire episode. So, oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. In terms of my background, so I've been in the tech industry for, for close to a decade now. I run a tech agency and we're based in the Philippines. Yes. And we're in an emerging country, obviously. And what's interesting is more than 90% of our revenue is really generated mm-hmm. outside of the Philippines. And it's working with venture-backed uh, startups mostly pre-product market fit. So that's like a very long story short uh, version of uh, the interesting things that we do. But we build a lot of really interesting apps with really interesting founders, mostly within the Asia-Pacific region. Yep. No, that, um, that sounds really cool. How did you get started? It's like, did you, in your, when you were studying, you're a student, did you knew you wanted to grow up one day and start an agency? Or how did you end up uh, in the I, agency world? I think that the tech industry is like the last thing that I would have probably expected or dreamt of being in. Because even when I was in high school and there was this like coding class, I'm not proud of this, but I would bring a USB and just copy the code of the classmates that I had who were good at programming and then paste it. That was illegal. Uh, it's not illegal per se, the way you, you call it in school, but that wasn't, that was cheating, basically. <laughs> now, so they, now, yeah. now you've got stack overflow. You don't need a USB. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so before, uh, I just copy pasted the code. So tech really was the last thing that, that was I thought I would be involved in. But I ended up working for a tech company and then ended up 
after years of working in that company, ended up running their entire business development. So I was working very closely with really smart developers, really, really good designers. Mm -hmm. And we were working with really big local brands here, big corporates. And then I was doing like international partnerships. So that, that was the beginning of my exposure. And then eventually I ventured on my own and, and started a tech company. I'm actually also involved in other industries like the media uh, business, but I want to focus on talking about the tech company because I think it is the, the most interesting, especially right now. Absolutely. With everything happening with the COVID and how the whole world is changing and tech is bringing people closer and it's enabling people to work with one another despite True. the limitations of the physical world and all that. So no, that is very true. So moving on from being the business development manager, how did you get about starting an agency or, or being a founder yourself? What sort of inspired you or what led to that? I, I think, yeah, it's like, so I want to talk a little bit about like my dad, like the history sure. of my dad. So my dad is like a really smart engineer. And he was like one of the first engineers to actually build like an earthquake proof building in the entire Philippines. But he was very, very entrepreneurial. But I think the entrepreneurship life really just was very hard on him. So that meant Mm -hmm. that our life really was like a roller coaster ride where when it's high, it's like we had money. And when it's down, it's like we would go hungry at times. That was the journey. And it's like, we moved a lot of times. It's like, mm-hmm. we moved probably close to 40 times in, in my entire lifetime. Wow. So just by, <laughs> yeah, it and, moved and, houses and around the Philippines. Around in the same city or you even no, move different cities? Different cities, different cities. So the Philippines is uh, an archipelago, meaning we move yes. to different cities and different islands, different, different languages islands. sometimes. So just by the time I would have friends in a certain village that we just moved into, I would have to leave them and I would have to make new friends in in this new city. So I think at a very young age, you get to learn adaptability and Mm. and entrepreneurship adaptability is like, you know, your number one skill. skill. (laughs) It should be your number one skill uh, because uh, entrepreneurship is really, really tough. You're dealing with different like people. You're trying to uh, raise funding and, and all of that. So at a very young age, I was exposed to that kind of adaptability. And, and my dad always was, I was like his Robin. He was the Batman when whatever he could mm-hmm. get his hands on to sell. Uh, there was this one time I was selling with him cooking wares, really overpriced cooking wares, you know, like yeah. nonstick pan. Yes. Nonstick pan, but I was the demo boy while while he was talking. Uh, <laughs> so you were like we went the, to. <laughs> you were like the George Foreman of the Philippines. Yeah, and, yeah, and then these are like all true story. That, that, that like basically it's like we would go to different like barangay halls. Those are like local governments here, and we would gather all of them, and I would be the one cooking the pancakes, selling our nonstick pan, and sometimes it would actually stick. And uh, the only thing that I, that I wished during that time was I would have the power of invisibility because I really just wanted to disappear. Like, why is our nonstick pan, like, you know, letting this, like, pancake stick? So, but we sold a lot. So I ended up having money to, to buy new leather shoes when I was in high school. So things like that. That was sort of your intro to entrepreneurship and the uncertainty that entrepreneurs go through. But, you know, that teaches so much. That is 
the valuable lessons that you cannot learn in any school or university. You can only learn on the street. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. The awkwardness. Uh, the, yeah, the awkwardness of business. It's like, I think when you get involved in entrepreneurship, you just got to get used to laughing at really awkward situations because there's going to be a lot. Yeah. So when you decided, did you, yeah, so I'm still trying to follow your journey and setting up your own company or being a, a founder. Did you get together with some friends or did you do it all on your own or did you get some help from your parents? What was the first step? Sure. So really it's like uh, when, when we ventured out, I, I came from the background of really just like running a business development of a company. So it's, it had its advantages where I had yeah. built like the genuine confidence uh, of actually starting out on my own. Because I think I it's only you who knows if you have like the genuine confidence and the fake confidence. <laughs> um, the people outside can't really tell that like if that's yeah. a genuine confidence or not. And I knew that I was ready because I had the genuine confidence that, hey, you know what? I think I can start out on my own. And I think a lot of people really just like, I think suffer hardcore or have like uh, so much harder time um, in entrepreneurship when, when they jump out and they really just don't have the experience yet. I think you need to go through the experience. Like I think people yes. uh, underestimate the power of experience. So when I ventured out on my own, I had all of the experience that I needed to actually have a better understanding of how to actually create demand, how to actually price, how to actually like, sell to people or how to actually yeah. manage talent. So these are the things that you skip and then you'll be surprised like, hey, why are people quitting on me? <laughs> why, <laughs> why are customers not paying me? And then you, have, you write this so much dramatic stuff. You know, I think uh, it comes down to experience. So you got to have genuine confidence in experience. Yep. And, and then you gather the team together and you sold your services to your agency and then the the rest is history did you need exactly. any initial capital or was it just cash flow positive from day one so for in my case i wanted to create a little bit of a buffer when when i started the agency so i i raised like a an okay amount of money yes. yeah an okay amount of money as a buffer because even as an agency i think there's also that like product market fit phase Yes. Uh, you're trying to find product market fit. It's like, are people actually willing to buy into me and have them like uh, have me build their products for them? How much are these guys actually willing to pay? So for me, that's like the product market fit phase, me trying to figure it out. So I needed like a little bit of a buffer there. So I could pay yes. people actually like really talented uh, co-founders and really talented designers and developers. So that's what we did. So yes, we raised for the agency. Yep. No, that is, yeah, that is really good that you kept that buffer and that can save your backend so many times. Like yeah, because I, I think that's also the challenge with people. It's like, I think a lot of uh, founders out there, you get excited with an idea and then you try to bring in people and tell them, hey, you're going to have equity and then everybody's going to go hungry and then nobody's <laughs> getting paid and then you're going to start ghosting gonna each other. They're just going to find another job. They're not yeah. going to stick around. <laughs> And, and then you're going to start to ghost each other and not reply yes. to each other. And then, and then you're like going to act surprised like why everything fell apart. Like duh, like everything fell apart because nobody's getting paid. Uh, it's unrealistic. 
Yeah. Uh, they have families to feed. So I think you need to start with that foundation of, I think everybody needs to get paid well. Uh, it needs to be sustainable. Um, how do we get it to product market fit? Absolutely. Yes, you say that. Without that, it's it's not going to go far. It's just like, <laughs> you know, you have to ask yourself the question. It's like, do you want to work for free? If the answer is no, then why would someone else would want to work for free? <laughs> so that is the first question. So no, that is very good. There are so many gurus and coaches out there teaching these days, especially on internet, teaching other people on how to start your own agency or how to be a founder of your own sort of, I don't know, media agency or a tech agency or any such thing. Did you go to a founder and or, or, or a guru or a coach or a consultant like that and get some training? Or did you just jump in yourself? I think uh, my experience working with the tech uh, company, really, I was mentored by like, he's American, is from America, yes. like the founder of that company. And I was just really working closely with him. And I think that was like, it became like a natural mentorship kind of thing. Uh, where just being beside him all the time in all of like the big meetings, eventually I was like the one already leading the meetings and he would, he would not be attending anymore. I think that became my mentorship experience. But me buying a course from like sales guru, I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think, I think, I think from I people who sell courses, uh, I think that's their business model and they're not really actually running like actual businesses. So if you're looking yeah. for like mentors, buy from like i mean work for people for free find like the people that you really admire and then try to figure out creatively how you could have them want you to have them have you by your side like exactly you learn from other people you know you just like you know kids learn from what their parents do instead of what their parents say so you you just learn by doing and learn by seeing what other people are doing so that is such good insight you know yeah George it's like if you were starting today from scratch and you had to start in a market where you don't know anyone because now you already have a lot of network and connections and and all that so if you were starting fresh what would you do differently Uh, that's a that's a tough question I think uh, I think because I, I just want to relate this to like one of the things that, that I actually yes. started, like a, a media company. Yeah. Uh, so don't be like a lone wolf. Don't be a solo founder. I think it's always great to find a co-founder. Oh, 100%. Um, I cannot Who, who complements your skill. Yes. So I have a co-founder who's actually very strong with operations and strong mm-hmm. in, in design and quality. Because I think if I was a solo founder and running this agency, I would have no, no. I think I would have I would have people who are overworked and who are going to hate me. Yes. Uh, so my co-founder actually is my balance on that side. He's just yeah. uh, pro people, pro maxi- uh, making sure that everybody um, is happy, everybody yes. is like living sustainable lives, not overworked. Yeah. So we have that great balance. So if you start, always start with a co-founder. Um, oh, that is such good advice. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that it's so good for men, mental health of any founder to have a co-founder that they can bounce ideas with, that they can, you know, relate with and that 
that can pick up the slack if you are sick for a day or two or, or anything. <laughs> yeah. So and we should also complement your skills. Like yes. I think if 100%. everybody is just like, if the both of you are business development and nobody actually knows how Making to run operations product. and quality, no, yeah. <laughs> you get to sell like a bunch of stuff and bring in a bunch of clients like in the short term and then all of those clients are going to be so unhappy and you're going to have like a really <laughs> terrible agency. <laughs> that is so true. No, that's not only for an agency it's also true for any type of a startup um, yeah so yeah that is yeah super good advice that have a co-founder get a co-founder with complementary skills exactly so, so just wanted to find out from you what is your ask what are you looking for is there anything you are looking for are you looking for customers are you looking for I don't know, employees to work for you, investors. Yeah, what are you looking for next? Yeah, right now in, in the face of the business, really, it's like we're actually very lucky that, that the, the crisis has had a very opposite effect on our business because in our emerging country, the Philippines, we have actually seen a growth in the brick and mortar big corporations who didn't believe in technology now starting to invest in technology because they're seeing that there's, they're finding themselves crash coursing on how to use Zoom and they've never <laughs> used Zoom. Maybe so you they're, become they're, a guru on teaching people how to use Zoom. So, <laughs> so from, from 90% of our revenue really generated outside of the Philippines, it's now starting to shift towards like a lot of brick and mortar businesses here starting to spend heavier on tech. So I'm very grateful that... Yeah. That you guys are it has had surviving a different and thriving. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, so yeah. for me, my ask, I guess, if, if I have to answer that question is really, yeah, we're really focused on really targeting like venture-backed startups around Asia-Pacific region. We don't target mm-hmm. the US part anymore because of the time zone difference. It's just so opposite yeah. that I think it affects the relationship. And also the Asia-Pacific region is like more than big enough. It is it is growing so fast. It is booming that, yeah, I think, you know, you everyone has to find their own niche and has to find and then that they can focus on and then you build more sort of resources in, in that area. That is super good. Is there any product that you are working on for yourself as in like a tech product, like a SaaS product or a mobile app or anything like that? Yeah, we have a couple of uh, internal ventures really here. We're involved in like the coffee industry. We're oh, involved. that's great. We're tr- we're trying to work towards helping the F and B industry as well. Yeah, uh, because like it, it's just massively affected. It's on the verge of collapse. I don't know for other countries, but here it's on the verge of collapse because um, we just. I think we have one of the world's longest lockdown now. Like I think almost 150 days. That is insane. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. A lot of businesses here uh, in the F&B space really are just like, it's it's pretty hard because it was already even very hard pre-pandemic. Before, yeah. Yeah. Uh, cash flow is slow for these guys. So yeah, we're trying to work towards just creating solutions on that space because the existing incumbents as well, just like the online delivery space, it just takes so much commission that it doesn't make sense for a lot of these restaurants. That is very, very good. And are you planning to 
just bootstrap these projects or are you going in, what do you call, cooperating with a VC or are you going to raise funding or crowdfunding or what's your plan for these yeah, so of internal projects? One, one of our venture actually is preceded already, but I think we need to get it to a certain stage first before uh, it's ready for seed. Yeah. And then after the seed, we could like get it to like the market really, and then try to reach some certain KPIs and then I see, yeah. uh, see, see from there. So that's the thing with startups. It's like, it's, it's a ton of risk and it's also a ton of reward if you're able to pull it off. But at the same time, you got to stay very realistic. Like, do we have the resources to actually pull this off? Because development is freaking expensive. Design is, is freaking so expensive. expensive. De- development design is, but at the same time, you d- don't forget about, you know, you still have to provide sales and customer service. Some startups have 80% of their team working in customer service because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> people need a lot more customer service than most people expect. Um, exactly. Especially for some SaaS products that are like B2C space or very customer facing that. Yeah. So no, that is, that gives us all, I'm sure anyone listening, a lot more insight into what you do. You run an agency in the tech world, you run an agency in the media, and you've got your some of your own products. It's very good to hear about your journey, how you got inspiration from your father, and that prepared you to you know, to be a founder, to be an entrepreneur, all that uncertainty of moving all the time and all that. (laughs) (laughs) Adaptability. Um, Yeah, that was your training course. (laughs) Actually, can I I add a little? Sure, sure, go ahead. Ask part. I think if like anybody listening to this who who are in like the product space or who are in the investment space, actually the Philippines is becoming a very, very interesting market to be in, like in Southeast Asia. Because we have like a hundred million plus like people population and yes. we have like 70 million plus Facebook users. We have pre-pandemic more than 20 million online shoppers. And there are like only two major like e-commerce uh, platforms like similar to Amazon players here. So it's like when you roll out like a product, an app here, it, it could really achieve scale. And you could really experiment here. And plus we're like an English like speaking country. Most people can speak English and to a certain extent and all that. So yeah. And we're very kind. So even if your app sucks, uh, we're like quite tolerant. (laughs) (laughs) And let's be honest, a lot lot of them, you know, go and look at the first version of Facebook or Google or any of these. So it's always going to, you have to start somewhere. (laughs) Especially yeah, so our, our market is very interesting. So it, it could be like a jump, like a trampoline, if that's what you call it, where you actually test it in our market. And then if it's successful here, you could start rolling out in oh, um, South- Indonesia. Indonesia is super duper interesting as well. So Philippines is very interesting to start with and then expand in other Southeast Asian countries. Oh, 100%. Couldn't agree more. This last thing that is, I ask this all founders or investors who come on on this show, and that is the top three things. What is the one book that you are reading right now? Or what book do you recommend others should read? I'm I'm reading The Ride of a Lifetime by um, the CEO of uh, Disney. Yep. Bob Iger. Um, it's actually yeah it's actually really interesting because if you 
take a look at Disney. They're just so diversified, like everywhere. Though they took like a very big hit during the crisis, um, the yeah. way they just manage that entire business is is crazy. So <laughs> that's the book that I'm reading right now. I'm halfway there. What's the very other question? Good. The other, I mean, that's fine. That's I just needed one book recommendation yeah. and Bob Iger. Um, and also, I like to find out what people are reading right now. The other one is that, is there a podcast that you listen to? Dude, you should listen to the startup by Gimlet Media. Yes. Um, it got up, Gimlet got acquired by Spotify, right? But Gimlet, the startup one, it's just so genuine. It's just so real. There's no like sugar code on entrepreneurship. It's like you're going to see the guy leading the podcast talk about the anxieties that, that he had when trying to raise funding, when trying yeah. to like manage his startup, trying to find a co-founder. So yeah, if you really want like an inside look, listen to that podcast. Yeah, yeah. I have, I've been following their sort of editor and who's I think the same um, editor or producer or the same team behind This American Life or something. They, they, yeah. they've, done, they've done lots of really, really... Yeah, Gimlet was very big uh, before it got acquired. Very, very prestigious. A lot of people wanted to work for um, Gimlet in the whole sort of podcasting space. Exactly. Um, very, very good. Um, suggestion and last question that is if time money and resources was of no question what would you build or what would you work on rockets <laughs> <laughs> no i think i think that's the last like that's the next frontier that next, the billionaires yeah. are betting on right it's like oh okay we got to build the infrastructure on yeah. the rocket space and then let all of these like other smaller startups venture and build on top of the infrastructure that we built like when amazon built on top of like the postal services infrastructure of, of delivery Um, so for me maybe rocket i think it's the most interesting thing if like money wasn't the problem and like all of the other resources isn't the problem maybe just pursue the craziest thing that would make you look really cool right yeah it's also also very interesting yeah exactly you know why not do something what you really (laughs) want something interesting yeah yeah Yeah, like what do you do for a living i build rockets oh that's like what (laughs) nobody can be that (laughs) money's not a problem (laughs) i'll just do that yeah yeah so then people cannot say it's not rocket science actually it is <laughs> that's what you're working on no, means- no 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 i think i think that's more on the cool part i think if i had like uh, unlimited resources and it wasn't a problem i think there's a lot of problems to be solved in uh just like creating opportunities for a lot of poor people like even here in the yeah. philippines uh we have a lot of really like low-income households here Lot. it's 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 yeah it's very crazy i think a lot can be done there because especially with with the advancement of technology it's not it's not fair to say that hey there's it opened up new opportunities when when the app store was created it created new opportunities because developers uh who develop apps and design apps are, are being created new opportunities there meaning when we're losing jobs here job opportunities here because there's new ones that be, are being created. No, you actually need to upskill these people upskill these because people. it's a totally different skill. So yes. I think the only way to help these guys is to really um, focus on creating programs that actually um, work towards creating and training them for jobs that are actually um, yeah. relevant for the future. So yeah, I think a lot of 
education that's being taught is actually being very, very outdated already. So I think a lot of things can be done in that space. That is very cool insight that, yeah. And so I wouldn't do rocket, Sam. I'm sorry. I wouldn't yeah, no, <laughs> no more rocket science. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was too shallow. Yeah, yeah. More of an edu- educational startup. <laughs> in fact, yeah. the entrepreneur or the founder I interviewed yesterday in Memphis, Tennessee, is building something very cool for in the whole education space. And yeah, so look for, I mean, yeah. Follow, subscribe to the podcast. You'll you'll get to listen to his. <laughs> to his. I will subscribe to that podcast. I will. Yeah, I will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> listen to it on on this show next week. Yeah, I'll upload it next week. So yeah. So no, it's it was great talking with you, George. If someone wants to get in contact with you for for anything, how should they do that? Should they just connect with you on LinkedIn or? Or uh, I think, yeah, you could visit our, our website. So I think there you can see like some of the cool stuff that we've worked on as well. It's abstract.ph, abstract, A, B, you know, you know, the spelling. Yeah. I will put the links in the description everywhere, wherever this podcast, this video audio goes. So I'll, I'll put all the links to George's details there no so, video okay good. i have i haven't taken but so no 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 video only <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all good <laughs> i'll put a filter don't worry <laughs> <laughs> just kidding thank, thank you man thank you one for of the TikTok inviting filters. me no, no, it's just kidding <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it's great it's always good to have a chat with you thank you so much for listening to this episode of want money Got Money with Sam Kamani. Hope you enjoyed the show and got some valuable insights that would help you in your startup or your business. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate this show on your favorite platform. It would be extremely helpful and I just cannot tell you how much I would appreciate that.